Hey, Upper Feasters, thank you so much for listening. Hope you're having a great day so far. This week, I had a great chat with LA-based comedian and actress Amber Nelson. She saw a fight in a Raising Cane's. She tells this great story about a sommelier that was going through a divorce. Also, we talk about a Food Network chef being very entitled at a restaurant and much, much more. I saw you post some food content on Twitter and I was like, she's so hilarious. And now she's doing food stuff. I need her on the pod. So thank you so much for, for being a guest today. Oh, that's great. Yes, I love food. My whole family is a bunch of chefs and cooks and restaurant people. So it just kind of naturally fell in line. Yeah. And, and you're from Louisiana, correct? That's correct. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. So what was it like having like a Creole Cajun lifestyle? And then you moved to New York. So what was that like? Um. Well, I sort of grew up where like everybody could cook. And um we never ate McDonald's. We never ate fast food because that's, it really is expensive when you break it down. And my mom, you know, it really is a blessing that she knew what to do with like a bag of rice and a bell pepper. Uh, so like, you know, I, I did not grow up eating junk food, which is really nice of me. And um, I sort of assumed that everybody could cook. Mm-hmm. And then I went to the Midwest and, uh, I went for a Thanksgiving day and, you know, no harm on the Midwest. I'm sure they were very nice people. And this is just this one family, but they like put a pinch of salt on a raw turkey uh, and it's still frozen in the oven for Thanksgiving. And I was like, oh God, I guess I'll be eating a sandwich after this. (laughs) Yeah. Some people uh, weirdly don't believe in seasoning and I get accused of that all the time because I make content for Upper Feast and I don't show the seasoning because I think that's boring content, like me just shaking seasoning. So I always cut that in post. And literally every time people are like, you forgot to season, typical white person forgot to season. And I'm like, God dang it. I seasoned. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I usually just do like, I have all the season bottles together and I put it in a bowl, especially if it's meat, because I don't want to touch the meat and then go back to the garlic powder. You know what I mean? That's how you get nasty stuff. And then I'll just show like a quick shot of that. That's smart. Maybe I should do that. I think that's kind of one of those oddly satisfying things where they, they put all the seasoning like in a little bowl and it has like that little color gradient. Pretty sweet. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so before I talk to you, I Googled uh, strangest Louisiana food and I saw this one thing. It, it was an alligator hot dog with mm-hmm. crawfish etouffee, sour mm-hmm. cream and Creole mustard. Feast or pass? Feast. That's say great. I like alligator. It's gamey. I mean, it's nothing that I would like. I'm never like, mm-mm, can't wait for that alligator. It's just kind of, it's like a, um, what's that word? It's like a to-do, like, ooh, we're eating alligator. But it really just kind of tastes like chicken, maybe a little bit gamier, like like dark meat chicken, really. Yeah, same. Like I, I had, granted it was in Columbus, Ohio, but uh, I had fried gator and like, maybe because it was fried and I was covering it in sauce, but I was like, yeah, this is basically just like kind of extreme chicken, pretty much. Yeah, <laughs> extreme chicken. <laughs> like dinosaurs. So I know you said you don't really mess with junk food, but how do you feel about cheesy garlic bread? Feast or pass? Let's do feast. I like cheesy garlic bread. Anything that's like no meat, like especially frozen foods. Like when I go grocery shopping, I'll always get like a little cheese pizza or something because I'm not going to want to eat healthy and I'm not going to want to cook every night. So like getting one of those little frozen Celeste pizzas, it Uh saves you like money and calories instead of like ordering Grubhub or something and spending 30 bucks. Um, but meat, I'm a no-go on because uh, one time I got one of those little frozen pizzas with ground beef and it had a thick hair in it. Like Ooh. someone just pushed an animal <laughs> in a wood chipper. <laughs> so cheesy garlic bread, A-okay. What, do you have a favorite fast food restaurant? I know you, don't, you probably don't do it too much, but do you have a fave fast food? I like Pollo Loco because they grill the chicken right there. That's a very LA restaurant. I like Raisin Cane's because they're a little smaller and I like their sauce and their garlic, but like garlic bread. Wendy's, I would say is good. 
just they their hamburgers feel a little more last time i had it it feels like a little more substantial and they put mayonnaise on the burger which is yeah. big that's good you gotta have something on there so raisin canes i don't know if you know this is like i'm such a fat guy for this but did you know you can ask them to butter both sides of the bread <laughs> yes yes it, it does not need is- more Oh, sorry, it go does ahead. not need more. Raisin Cane's is so good. I was in there. I saw a fight break out one time and uh, nobody stopped it to like film it or like <laughs> they were just snacking on chicken being like, y'all stop now. Come on. Y'all stop now. <laughs> you gotta at least get content. I Like, I feel like if I saw a fight, I probably wouldn't help because I don't know how to fight and I don't need to get beat up, but I would at least get some content. No. Yeah. Nobody videotaped it. Nobody stopped it. They were just like still snacking on their butter garlic toast being like, stop it. <laughs> <laughs> Being that from you're from the South, I assume you can handle your heat. Can you be a spicy person if you want? I'm a spicy person. I like spice. I like flavor more than spice. Like if something's just like spicy for the sake of being spicy, not that into it, but I want to like, I'd rather taste the flavors. I think I was in like Wisconsin somewhere. A lot of those like really cold states, they love their chicken wings that are just like fiery habanero your asshole's gonna get fucked up bro and i'm <laughs> yeah. it's just like a little it's just like a buffalo is fine with me you know okay fair enough so you don't want the ring sting i think that's the professional term is ring sting they call that ring sting oh because your mouth gets all hot well the yeah, well your butthole because there's no ranch for your butthole so then it's like it burns oh. both ways and so they call it the ring i i love hot sauce too much i am too much into the community i said that way too confident i was like she's gonna know what ring sting is no, but that's um, truly horrible and a delight. Thank you for letting me know what ring sting is. That's when your butthole burns. <laughs> oh boy, okay. Hey, just wanted to say thank you so much for listening so far. If you're liking it, please subscribe, tell a friend. If you're loving it, please give us a five-star review. I got a couple listener questions that I thought were really interesting. Most of them were like, what's the funniest food she's eaten? Which I'm like, I don't know if funny food exists, but uh, let's see here. Hold on one second. Okay, so Foodie for Thought asks... What is her most embarrassing food moment? I mean, is it something like, I was definitely at a movie theater and they were serving fried chicken. And I was like, when in Rome, okay, this is weird. I'll get some fried chicken in the movie theater. And um, I had such bad diarrhea. And in New York, like there's, once you're on the subway, it's kind of like, you can't go anywhere. Mm -hmm. You're sort of trapped until you get to your station. Uh, You can go pee behind some like, tunnels or whatever but poo poo not so much not a sophisticated lady like I am but um it was so bad I had to go back to the movie theater and uh, go take probably a 20 minute long shit oh my god that was (laughs) fast acting yes yeah because you got to realize you're like I'm gonna be on the subway for like another hour for where I am to the home I can't I can't hold this in so I like ran back made it just in time That's amazing. Uh, I was thinking about, they didn't ask me for mine, but I think one of my most embarrassing food moments is I was on a date with a girl and I took her to like a fancy restaurant and I'm not super wealthy. So I was a little insecure at this restaurant. And the waiter says to me, he's like, well, we have a very extensive wine list because I had like white trash poured insecurity. I was like, expensive. I don't care about price. I'll buy whatever wine I want. And he was like, no, no, I said extensive. And I was like, turned beet red. It was so embarrassing. That's all right. It's also expensive. Yeah, extensive and expensive, both are true. Yeah, I remember there was a re- there was a bottle of wine. Wine at restaurants is that's how they make their money. That's why servers are so quizzed on wine. They want you to buy the bottle because like some of these like forty five dollar bottles of wine you can get at maybe like a little higher tier grocery store for like fifteen dollars. They're mm-hmm. like two three times upsold. Right, and then they buy it in bulk, so they get it like super cheap. I'm sure. Oh yeah. 
What do you think about wine culture? Do you believe in sommeliers or do you think it's kind of just uh, bullshit? Um, there's some truth to it. I've definitely paid like $2 more for a bottle of wine and been like, wow, this doesn't taste like grape juice. This is really good. I don't have a headache the next day. But as far as like, you know, <laughs> like the sideways movie culture, of like the sipping and the smelling and the, the honoring the grapes, I think a lot of it's kind of bullshit. I definitely had a sommelier come and teach us the servers at this restaurant about like wine and he just went through a divorce so he was like <laughs> this wine it comes from Greece and the Rocky Mountains where the grapes are hard to grow so it really has to work for the flavor unlike my bitch of an ex-wife <laughs> that took all my money <laughs> so that was fun Heck he related yeah. all the wines to his bitch of an ex-wife that's amazing my thing with sommeliers is a uh... I'm skeptical just because I feel like if you say anything confidently, people will just believe you. Like you can be like, yeah. oh, dried cranberry and rotten cranberry. And they're like, oh, well, he said it confidently. It must be true. That's it. Yeah. And <laughs> learn the phrase old world and new world wine. And that'll make you sound really posh. Thank Is you for the pro tip. Oh, okay. Old world. <laughs> so fancy. Next l listener question. All things chicken wings asks... What is the best cheeseburger in Los Angeles? You know, I'm a big Astro Burger fan. I like that they're like a smaller shop. Uh, I like a thin burger. I don't like the meaty, big, big burgers with the juice all over me. They're good, but I like a thin charbroiled kind of burned burger on a, like a well-seasoned bun with lots of mayonnaise. Astro Burger does it right. In and out, I can't taste anything, to yeah. be honest. And this might get me some like flack, but I think they're not as quality. No, I'm with you. I think it's all yeah. hype. And I think people are like, oh, it's like only on the West Coast. So it's so special and fun, but it's just fine. It's mediocre. Like it's, it's not fun. horrible. It's, Anthony Bourdain liked it. And then he did a whole special on it or he mentioned it. So then people are like, I got to go get the thing that it, this guy said. <laughs> of course, bunch of hacks out there. <laughs> <laughs> I tried to make a smash burger and it was just horrible. I don't know how to do the technique. And I feel like beef is so expensive. I can't really have that learning curve. I just have to like learn over time, like twice a month tops is how much I can do it. Yeah. Yeah. It was also just like, who's eating hamburgers every day. You know what I mean? Right. Part of me wants to just for content because I want to perfect the goddamn thing, but uh, <laughs> kind of struggling. Do you eat out a lot? I know it's kind of the end of the world, but before end of times or even currently, do you eat out a lot? Uh, when I do eat out, it is things that I don't want to make at home. Like example, sushi. And I know sushi is mostly about the rice, but like sashimi, I'm not going to cut a fish and hope I did it right. This is like an art form people have cultivated over generations and lifetimes. And I'm not going to like look at a YouTube video and be like, did I cut the salmon right? Or am I going to die? Right. Uh, <laughs> so that, or any sort of stew that would take a long time to make that I'd have big batches of, like a lot of curries, because they make them in like big pots and then sell them throughout the day. And it's kind of a long, arduous process. So unless I'm like making that for a party, I'm just going to go get like a little bit for me and support a local restaurant. That's cool. Like, I feel like ramen is like that. Ramen is so labor intensive and it's yeah. super delicious, but I don't have, you know, 15 hours to make a meal. That's madness. No, no, that broth is crazy. But I do <laughs> like making my own um, vegetable broth that does take a long time because I save all my vegetable scraps and I keep them in the freezer. So that'll take like a good month to get all that broth, but it's really worth it. That's cool. Do, are you? Would you say that you're a good cook? Are you confident in your cooking? I'm a good cook. Yeah. Nice. I'm confident. <laughs> That's cool. How do you like making food content? Like how does it um, compare to making like a comedy sketch, for example? Like I imagine the food content's probably more relaxing. Yeah. More relaxing. I can, I still like to incorporate jokes in there and I like to think of certain aspects of cooking to incorporate with the jokes. Like 
I like that sizzle sound, the So sometimes for a punchline, I'll do that. Or like, instead of cursing, I'll do that, you know. That's great. I'm going to steal that from you. I'm going to borrow that uh, move from you. So I'm going to go and put that in my repertoire. Okay, do it. Yeah. (laughs) Do you find that since since you're a good cook and you primarily eat at home, is it challenging for you to enjoy a restaurant? Like, you're like, why am I paying so much for this? It's only mediocre. Or do you tend to be blown away still? I still like to keep a little positivity in me. But when I go out to eat, and if I... I am a little, um, not picky, but definitely when I eat something, I'm like, oh, I know exactly how you did this. And if I'm spending, say, $30 on something that I could have done, I'm a little disappointed, but you know what? My time is saved, so okay. And I'm out. I don't have to do dishes. Right. So what would you say makes a great dining experience, in your opinion? Great dining experience? Mm -hmm. Um, I like, say, a restaurant that's friendly when I enter the door, because and I know that sounds, I know that sounds kind of simple to say, but there's so many restaurants that just kind of give you this snobby look when you walk in and I'm like, excuse me, I'm spending money here. Right. <laughs> I think I'm less sorry. so now they are because they just need your business, but there's just so many like overly bougie places that I'm just like, excuse me, miss, what are you doing? Why are you talking to me like this? <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's so a simple that's- request. You're not a Karen at all. You just, just be kind. That's it. <laughs> Just be kind, just be a little bit nice. Um, So that's step one. I do like a menu that's not over intensive. Like if I open a menu and it's like a Bible, then I'm like, how are you keeping the calamari fresh and Mm -hmm. the tuna tartare? Like, how are you keeping all these ingredients fresh? Of course, that's fair. Now, do you think that like, if you had to power rank the food, vibes and ambiance and company, how would you rank those three? Food, vibes and ambiance, company. Well, food definitely one, vibes and ambiance too. Company, I honestly go out to eat a lot by myself. I love it. I know, especially like with women, people are, my, my, my cousins who are female were always just like, I never go out to eat alone. That's crazy. Why would I ever do that? I just look desperate. And I'm like, I want to try this restaurant. Like, yeah, I want to see what the deal is. You know, I don't care. Like other people, I don't think they really care. You know, I think Mm -hmm. it's a little more of like, well, I can't be seen eating alone, but I love it. I'll go to the movie alone. I'll go eat out to eat alone. I'll have a whole date night with myself. That's cool. You got to treat yourself. And I think um, dining alone, the movie alone is definitely great. Cause I don't, when I go to the movies with someone, I feel a lot of pressure to um, like do little bits and little quips after stuff or like, I don't know. I just try to be a fun movie guest, but when I go by myself, I can just chill and just watch the movie. It's great. Oh yeah, absolutely. Movie alone is number one. I don't even like going to movies on dates because you can't really talk to the person. Maybe after you've like known each other for like eight dates or something, but first date, I like to just kind of walk around to be honest. Yeah, that's the best way to get to know someone. But I found from, from my perspective, the movie date is cool because we aren't talking and it's like, oh, we're around each other. So we're getting a little bit of comfort. And then after the movie, hit up a diner or something. And then you can chat about the movie if you're bored or whatever. Like, I don't know. I like the movie. That's a good idea. Okay. When you dine alone, do you sit at the bar or would you get a table? I sit at the bar. And you know what? The cool thing about dining alone is I'll get into places on like a Friday, Saturday night where there's like a wait list. There's like a, there's a place in um, Silver Lake. It does really, I forget the name of it, but um, it's like a Friday night, you're going to wait an hour to get in there. Right. Mm-hmm. So I pull up alone and I was like table for one. They're like, oh yeah, we got a seat at the bar. <laughs> yes. Immediately. <laughs> That's sweet. And I found, cause I eat out all the time uh, and a lot of times alone, no one cares. Literally everyone is so self-absorbed. Like I have a light, like I have a little ring light and I'm shameless. I pull it out to the bar and I'm just like a madman and no one cares. <laughs> like no one I'm cares. doing something cool and attention grabbing and they don't care. 
yeah and it's actually like especially now like with the pandemic and everybody just like you know desperate for customers and to keep the business alive like there's like yeah take pictures of our food put it on the internet maybe that will get one more person in here right of course so do you think that there is a, a funniest food I know we talked about it a little earlier in the podcast but I was trying to rack my brain and like I just can't really think of a funny food uh spaghetti's pretty funny is it? it yeah it all sloppy slops on your face <laughs> even the word's pretty funny spaghetti okay Kids, I can see I like that how they say it Pisketti's fun <laughs> Plus these little noodles you top with sauce yeah, well, hot nudes. <laughs> <laughs> so do you think that New York or LA has better food? Oh, very good question. I would say New York has better expensive food. Like they have better steakhouses, sushi restaurants, um, clubhouses. You kind of have to like pay a little bit to get into. But LA has better food truck culture, cheaper food. I mean, I can go, I live in Thai town. So I'll go get like a $12 meal that, you know, they have been, stewing and brewing all day for do you have like a favorite thing that you're most proud of that you've done comedically or or acting wise i'm um, probably my cooking show right now i started it in the beginning of the pandemic i think i was looking at like a bag of flour and a can of tomatoes and i was like how am i going to turn this <laughs> into something that'll keep i really did it for my own sanity i was like how can i like make content with this and i did i figured it out that's awesome <laughs> so louisiana they have some strange food with like the Cajun, the Creole, all that. Can you think of something that was like the strangest thing, like a very unique Louisiana meal that you've had? Um, I never thought it was unique until I left, but like frog legs, I love frog legs. Um, but then I would like go out in the world and say that to people and they would be like, excuse me? And I was like, yeah, frog legs. And uh, they're like, don't you think that's a little cruel? And I was like, it's cruel if you order an odd number. <laughs> <laughs> It does kind of blow my mind, like with like frog legs or like chicken wings, like to think to have 12 wings, how many chickens had to die just for 12 wings? That's kind of unfortunate, but what can you do? I think six chickens. Yeah. They all had to die. Yeah. But six hopefully, chickens. like I'm a big uh, proponent in eating all of the animals because if you kill a chicken just for its breasts, that's really cruel, you know? So eat the feet, eat the, eat the thighs, eat the neck. <laughs> Yeah, that makes sense. Have you ever eaten something really extreme? Like, I think probably the most unique thing I've eaten, like as far as like an untraditional part of the animal would probably be like pig cheek, or I've had uh, cow liver, I think is pretty unique. Oh, yeah, pig cheek is good. I like the jowl. Yeah, they're very meaty. There's a restaurant in LA called Animal, and they do that. They do all the foul meats, and uh, but they do it really well, like to a point where I taste it. And I'm like, I don't know what you guys did here. I don't know how you did this. <laughs> um, I've definitely eaten a uh, goat's brain. Oh my gosh. Was how was that? And it, it was delicious. It was, um, I was working in a restaurant in New York and it was um, Easter and the chef was Greek. So he was like, I want to make this big meal for the, just for the staff. And he like roasted this whole goat. And uh, this girl, this little Afghan girl, she like cracked open the brain. She's like, you ever had the brains? And I was like, actually, I haven't. She cracked it open right there. And I just spread it on some toast. Mm, it's like meat butter. It's really Ooh, good. That's how I describe foie gras is meat butter. <laughs> oh, that's really good. Yeah. So in your serving days, what kind of server are you like? Cause you're so good at talking to people and you're very friendly, but like, how do you react with rude people? Like, do you give it back to them or do you just kill them with kindness? Um, with rude people, I consider negativity to be a disease. And if you sort of take that, what they're giving you and internalize it, then you are going to give it and spread it to somebody else. 
So I just tell myself, okay, they'll be gone in 30 minutes and then they're gone. And like, if they're the kind of person that's rude to wait staff, I can't imagine what their own brain is telling them all day, every day, because they have to live with themselves. So they get the utmost punishment of living with themselves and not infecting me. That's really beautiful and 100% true. I agree with you totally. Um, Because if you're mean to wait staff, I feel like you're not happy in your own life. Like there's just no way you're a happy, content person to be so mean and nasty for no reason. Exactly. And also just to anybody, like, why do people got to be mean? They probably just have a bunch of like bullshit going on in their own life. They need to fix. Yeah. And I, I always hated the condescend, especially like I look so young, like people would always be like, what are you really trying to do? Or like, what's your real career? Or like, are you only a server? And like, I hated those little microaggressions so much. Oh yeah. People tend to look down on service industry people. I mean, I bartend, I really, I primarily bartend and um, they just, they talk, yeah, you're only a bartender. What else do you do? What do you, and I'm just like, I don't know, babe, I have no debt. What are you doing? (laughs) What do you mean you have a career? Like, what do you, is a career something you go into debt to pursue? What are you talking about? I make my money. I leave. I have cash. I go home. Right. And a lot of servers, like, cause I used to work in Times Square. So I made more money than a lot of my friends that had quote unquote normal careers. So absolutely. I would make more money. Like as a bartender, I would make more money than a doctor sometimes. <laughs> yeah. yeah? <laughs> and of I didn't have to go to medical school. <laughs> right. I do have the student loan debt, unfortunately. So I'm not debt free, but you know, what can you do? Let's see here. I love restaurant talk. Do you have like, like a, a nightmare table story or like a nightmare customer story? That's pretty fun. Yeah, I generally try to forget about them, but there was like, I don't know why this is popping up in my brain first, but there was this couple and like, I'm not necessarily in the kink community and I don't want to shame kink people, whatever you want to do, but it definitely seemed like she was the sub, he was the dom. But I find that usually in those relationships, from what I've seen, usually the woman, if she's a sub actually has the power because he is, I don't know if this makes sense. Like he's catering to her in that sort of style. But this relationship, she wasn't speaking. She was kind of talking like this, just like really slow and meek. She seemed like um, abused. She didn't know what was going on. And I, she would just kind of talk really. And I would like ask her like, what can I get you to drink? A Coca-Cola. And I was like, can you say that a little bit louder please? And he would be like a Coca-Cola and like shut her down. I got so mad. I got so mad at this dude. And I think he like, I don't know, just the way he would like talk down to me. He seemed really angry with any sort of women or feminine and like scoff at like the girls dropping food off at the table. And I was just, I wanted to pull him aside and be like, dude, you need therapy. Like, yeah, (laughs) you can't just keep using women for your own ploy. It, it It was something weird in that relationship. I didn't like it at all. Yeah, no, that's super weird. And I I had something very similar once where uh, it was a guy and a girl, two top, and the girl was like, I'll have a strawberry lemonade to drink. And then he's like, no, she'll have a water. And I was like, oof, don't care for that tone. So I brought her the water because I'm like, I don't want to involve myself in this. And then he's like, kept being rude and like snide and whatever. But then when the bill came, she paid. And I'm like, what the hell? (laughs) Like you're paying and you didn't get your freaking lemonade? Like this is madness. Ugh, it's horrible. No way. How old were they? Were they young? Probably like early 20s, like super young. Damn. I wonder what that thing was. So she probably had, he must have had some control over her and she had the better job. Sometimes you'll see women in like, like high powered positions that like cater to and bow down to like pieces of trash. Yeah. (laughs) You know? For sure. I don't know why. I guess they think like, oh, well, he likes me and no one else does. So I guess I have to put up with this and you don't. You right. Don't do that. 
And then another story I have, and I'm not going to name names, but there's a Food Network star and she came into the restaurant and she was so rude and so entitled because we were like a super busy restaurant. And she literally told my manager, she said, we need a table now. Don't you know who I am? And I'm like, oh, like if you have to ask that question, the answer is probably no. Right. No, I don't know who you are. And you know what? You're going to wait longer. Sorry. <laughs> she was a Food Network star. Was yeah. She a chef? Yep. I'll just tell you now so and I'll curious. fix the post, but it was just so you can know it was chef. Who's that? I'm going to look her up real quick. I'm sorry. I'm going to fix it. In post. No, that's okay. Oh, I don't know who this person is. Oh, she looks crazy. Yeah. yeah. She'd be like, don't you know who I am? I'd be like, no, <laughs> I don't know who you are. Right. So anyway, she was, she was very rude and she, she finally gets to her seat and then she pulled out her own liquor and poured it in her cup and like, I'm like, dude, like you should know better. Like you own restaurants, you're on TV for cooking. Like this is like so disrespectful. So I snitched on her. I told on her and my manager charged her a $25 cork fee, which I thought was hilarious. Hell yeah. Did she tip? She did tip though. I will give her that. Like she was very demanding and very entitled, but she did tip. So on, on a flip side, I've definitely had tons of like really great experiences. Like one time this guy asked me to have his phone and record him proposing to his girlfriend so that was really sweet and like I pride myself on good content so I was trying to hit him with the good angles and I was just trying to do like really cool and like the whole restaurant clapped it was like really heartwarming do you have any really sweet stories like that in your bartending experience oh like really sweet stories yeah look, um, I want to end on a positive note I don't want to just focus on the negative oh of course absolutely I would say usually my regulars have the sweetest stories I like knowing like what's going on with their day you know and they like coming in to tell me they don't want to spend their lunch break watching Elaine Cuisine spin around in the microwave right right so I'd say my positive stories are just like them coming in and being like I need advice on my relationship or my boss and just like I like being kind of a therapist I think that's sort of 75 percent of being a bartender <laughs> um so those are usually sweet stories are you a big boozer yourself? Do you like to booze it up? I will drink. I am working on not doing that as much. I'm working on like setting aside certain nights and being like, okay, I'll have some wine tonight, but not just like, oh man, the sun is setting. I don't know what to do with myself. I guess I'll open a beer. Like, I don't want to do that anymore. That makes sense. And it's so challenging, like in the server lifestyle, because you work all day and you bust your ass and you're running around serving everyone else. And then oh, you're yeah. like, hey, let's get a drink. And you're like, I don't feel like drinking, but okay, I'll go to the bar and then they're drinking and you start drinking and it's like yeah. really slippery slope. Really, really, really. Especially like, yeah, bartending because I'm a daytime bartender and um, <laughs> you would think like after your shift, you would want to go home and work on your creative outlet, right? But if mm -hmm. I'm on my feet for six to eight hours, no break and I'm sales, it's all sales, you know? And I'm just talking to people, pitching the sale, doing the thing. And if I'm not making the sale, I'm getting ice. I'm like scrubbing the drains, you know, because servers and bar, we clean a lot. Mm -hmm. um, so when that shift is done, I'm just like, fuck it. I want to go get a beer and a shot like down the yeah. street. It's really unhealthy. It is. Do you think that being a bartender and constantly selling yourself, has that translated into the comedy world? Like you're able to pitch yourself to executives or show producers, whatever? Yeah, it's definitely given me a lot more confidence. I feel like I'm better at my skill set. I am more aware of myself, my physicality. I think I'm in really good shape, especially it's kind of a godsend to not be bartending as much during the quarantine. I didn't realize how much stress that put on my body. <laughs> mm -hmm. 
it's a lot. It is. But um, yeah, definitely like selling, presenting myself. I'm a little more aware. I'm a little more confident. I can talk to people. Highly recommend. So I feel like I pretty much asked you everything I wanted to ask, but I always tell my guests, if there's anything I didn't bring up and you're chomping at the bit to say it, now's your time to shine. Oh, my time to shine? Yeah. Um, I think everybody should work in some sort of service industry for a little bit just to get it, just to see what goes on back there. I've seen so many people come to a restaurant and like not understand why their food isn't coming out immediately or like give all of these subs and additions to the dish. Like if you're in a restaurant and the dish is a certain way, they obviously know more of what they're doing than you do. Like just eat the damn thing. And if you have, (laughs) and I hate to be negative, but if you have a lot of like picks and you're picky, then just make chicken tenders at home. You know what I mean? I had tables that would literally be like, I'm allergic to dairy. I have a gluten intolerance and I'm a vegetarian. What should I eat? I'm like, you should eat at home. (laughs) Shoot at home. You shouldn't be out here. And you know, I think most of that stuff is just, and I know like, you know, sickness and and intolerances in the body is it's, it's specific to each person and it is real, but I think some of this stuff is fucking bullshit made up. Like I was this girl, I used to work with her and she had a gluten intolerance and she blah, 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 like all of this. And then she ate this little can of yogurt and then threw it away. And I looked and it had gluten in it. <laughs> and then I was like, how are you feeling, Stacy?" Like half an hour later, she's like, I'm fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it was like, you know, a lie. Yeah. Well, most, I, I forget the exact stat, but I think it's like three or maybe 5% of people actually have an intolerance and literally everyone else is just faking it. Like it's faking it. Yeah. And like, I've been doing little things. Like I cut out flour. I've been using whole wheat flour. So if I want to make gnocchi, I'll use a whole wheat. And I do feel better. Like my stomach doesn't feel as thick. Um, maybe I need to get more like a, a less enriched flour if I want the white flour next time. But um, I'll do little things like that for myself. But if I go to a restaurant, I'm not going to like demand <laughs> that they <laughs> serve it my way. Very reasonable. And actually, if you ever want to do another collab with me, I do this fun thing uh, where I have my friends do show me how you dippy dippy. And basically all I would need you to do is do like a panning shot of the food. It can be anything like ideally something unhealthy. That's what my followers like. So chicken fingers, chicken nuggets, tacos into cheese, something bad. So cheat day. And then I would need a shot of you dipping and then a shot of you taking a bite. So if you're interested, I would love to have you do that. And then I edit it together into one thing. Yeah. So do you want to do that? (laughs) Not to put you on the spot. I would love that. Yes. Okay, cool. Like, uh, do I go out to eat to get it? Like next time I get something unhealthy, just film it. Exactly. Yeah. Okay, perfect. I'll, I'll send, I'll DM you the examples, but so far I've done two episodes. Brandon Scott Wolf, you might know him. He's a very funny comedian out there. And my buddy, Max, you probably don't know him, but he's awesome. He lives in Houston. He's an actor, singer, whatever, but I just want to, it's very silly. And a lot of my followers are like, why are you doing this? And I'm like, why not? (laughs) So. Why not? How, how long does the clip have to be? Like 30 seconds, a minute? Like super quick and punchy. I would say probably 30 seconds tops. Perfect. So you can say something like, I was, like Brandon was very silly. Like he made a funny dipping sound and Max like did like a, to try to be sexy when he took his bite. So like, just make it your own. Show me how you dip. I would love for you to do that. And uh, just wanted to end the podcast by saying you're very funny. I'm a super fan of you. I love your food content. And I'm really thankful that you did the podcast. Thank you, Anthony. I think you're super funny as well. Thank you for having me. Of course. Well, have a great rest of the day, Amber. Thank you. You too. Thank you. Yep. Bye. All right. Hey, so that was the podcast. Thank you so much for listening. If you could please tell a friend and if you love the podcast, give us a five-star review. It really helps out a lot. I think honestly, telling a friend is probably the most important thing. So if you want to share to your Instagram story, tweet about us, Facebook us, um, carrier pigeon. Ha ha ha. Anyways, you get it. Thank you so much for listening. 
I truly appreciate it and uh, hope you have a good day.